Welcome to Fresh Off The Block. Namaskara Bengaluru. It's been a long time and it's good to be back. I hope you all missed us as much as we missed during this. Uh, but we're back, that's the good news. And we're not the only ones back, but before we dive into that, let me quickly introduce you to who I have with me. Uh, we have a familiar voice, Rakesh Hadas, back Hello. on the podcast. Hello, and Bangalore. then we have Mr. AFC Cup himself, Nishit Desai. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, Nishit. And then we have the lawyer himself, who we'll be hearing a lot from today, Sharan Kukreja. Namaskara, Bengaluru. Great. So that completes the lineup for today. Uh, and as I said, we are not the only ones back, and that's pretty much leading into our first big topic for the day. BSC is back at the Fortress, though in an ideal world, a club that has won six trophies in six years shouldn't have so much uncertainty, and then being back at the Fortress, their Fortress should never be used, but it's not an ideal world we live in, right? So, being this being a legal issue and all, I'll bring the lawyer in the group into this conversation. Sharan, could you give us a lowdown of what exactly is happening? Okay, so it started in 2017 where the uh, coaches, various coaches had an issue with either BFC or ISL for not letting them practice in the track and field area. So, specifically they had issues on two fronts. One was the the uh, running track itself and secondly that they couldn't use the pitch because the pitch was being used for match days and... Uh, they wanted to throw javelins and shot putts, etc., which, of course, BSC, who was maintaining the pitch at a very high cost, would not allow. Uh, they filed the petition. Isn't it, isn't it also uh, a case where, before BSC came to Kanchirawa, the entire stadium looked like there were javelins everywhere, right? <laughs> so, unfortunately, people don't go far back when, when it comes to facilities. Uh, they just, like, stay in the present and they want what is of course, you would want the best, right? And if BSC had done whatever, uh, upkeep of the stadium, maintenance, uh, they did everything for the last five years. Uh, athletes probably got used to it. And in the I-League days, it wasn't as strict, probably. Maybe the pitch area, of course, uh, the groundsmen were specifically instructed not to involve anybody. But uh, as far as track and field is concerned, that's probably because of ISL and the... And, and ISL uh, reps need some time for cabling and advertising hoardings and probably security checks. And uh, if Neetam Bani has to come, there's on separate entourage. So, there are various issues with ISL. And for that reason and because of pure frustration possibly, uh, they approached the High Court in 2017. That matter was going on for a while. It's just that it's come to bite us now for this season. Because there were certain issues with paperwork uh, that uh, the court found that wasn't in order. Uh, BFC, of course, claimed everything was in order. So, it's a, it's a subjective issue. Uh, let's not dwell into that. We so, just, yeah. Long story cut short, uh, What? where are we right now? Right now, what has happened is that uh, the court has directed the Department of Youth and uh, Sports to uh, file 
compile a report on how the stadium needs to be used and what policy will be adopted for the use of the stadium going forward so that there is clarity for all people concerned uh, including coaches and athletes and including people who would probably want to rent the stadium through a public procurement process which means that you will have to issue tenders for the purpose of using Kantirwa as a stadium as a whole Right. Right now, the status is that that report, as of date, has not been filed. BFC, on the other hand, has filed a petition seeking permission to host ISL matches at Bangalore separately in through a separate petition, for which there is an order of the court that has been granted. That petition is still pending. Now, these matters are going to come up in mid-October, and. Uh, both these cases, the one the one case that has been filed by the coaches and athletes and the second case that's been filed by BSC, they are two separate cases being heard by separate judges. That's going to come up in mid-October and we'll have more clarity once those cases are heard. Okay. Excellent. This seems like a good situation, like a bad situation that was turned into something uh, that has a semblance of being good, but uh, this is not a solution, is it, right? Uh, even if let's assume that uh, we get to host ISL matches, there is that small matter of AFC Cup games, right? Uh, second issue is, even if let's assume this was sorted out for this season, what happens next season? So where, where is the problem and what, what can we do for a long-term solution for this? Simple uh, fact of long-term solution has to move out of Bangalore because I don't think our club deserves this from the government and the authorities. A club that is constantly putting your name amongst the best in Asia doesn't deserve this. Okay, that's the pure fan in me uh, talking out of frustration, but then I understand that that piece are also from our state. And they also need to coerce it. So the so the it's BFC's problem is that we need to have the ground for the whole season. And the reason why they say that is because the quality of the pitch and the kind of football we play. <coughs> like like earlier uh, the the club staff was talking to us where they say that our football is predominantly short passes in. Passes like we place the ball on the ground, not like a Mumbai. Which is funny considering that one of our best AFC Cup nights came on a completely rain-soaked evening. But yeah, I get your point. Yeah, and uh, say a club like Mumbai FC who plays the long ball, and so their grass is our problem. So that's the technicalities. But a long-term solution is that we must get the ground for the whole season, and. Uh, uh, that is the only way forward because it is difficult to play a match on a pitch which had javelin and short put and hammer thrown on them two days back. Uh, so that and that can cause serious injuries and these are international footballers that can hamper our national chances as well. So I hope people understand this, there is no matter of ego, it is just that we need to play our best football on the best pitch and that is one of the best pitches in the country and that is without 
FIFA assistance for the under 17 World Cup, we are maintaining that and we have kept it. I know a lot of grounds with better pitches, but then they had a lot of support because of the under 17 World Cup and the new pitch being relegated. So this is completely on us. We've been maintaining this stadium for a long time. And I saw recent tweets where other clubs have made uh, to pay an exorbitant fee to maintain, like like Goa, like Marcus's tweets that said, go up, pay the stadium so much. But then they got a lot of uh, assistance from ISL when, you know, when Fatoda was taken up. A lot of work was done by ISL, putting their own money. DFC went into ISL late. So, whatever we have done to continue about, you know, get the seats done, the tiles done, the pitch done, the floodlights done, everything was done by DFC with our own money, right? So, mm-hmm. there's a huge difference there. So, fair enough. Fair but, uh, quickly bringing you in as well, uh, as a fan, how frustrating is it to fight the same battles again and again? This isn't the first time that we've heard uh, about this issue and uh, there's this really bad nagging feeling that this won't be the last time either. Yeah, so uh, even though there is a solution thing, but again, DSP here is asking like minimal, right? So they are saying 30 days, that we need 30 days for the season. I think assuming the ISL matches and EFC uh, matches. But imagine, okay, 30 days we get to play, but what happens during the rest of the days? Uh, who maintains it? And uh, if if they say that, okay, athletes can use it for the rest of the days, it's still a problem. If you are going to use it for running, short sports, javelin throw anything, it's no good. So, although, let's say, even if it is like playing for 30 days, it's fine. But as long as nobody else is allowed to use, that is, that there is some consolation. But uh, again, this is like a struggle of every Indian football fan. Uh, you don't know where where your stadium is. You don't know whether uh, what when your next match is. You don't know in which league you are going to play next season. So these are many fold problems that every Indian football fan faces, and uh, that's how it is. Okay, I like to add one thing. Uh, but uh, is this problem so unique? Because it is a multi-purpose stadium, right? And it's not the only multi-purpose stadium in this country. So why is it that Bangalore is facing such a big issue, whereas other places we haven't heard of such issues coming? No, I if I if I may, uh, I think this this is an issue with football in the country generally. When Kochi had a problem, it was cricket who was trying to play. I mean, you know, it was cricket authorities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Delhi had the same problem with the authorities, so Delhi had to move to Odisha, which makes perfect sense for the owners because. You are paying so much for the JLN Stadium and here is Odisha who is offering you the stadium for free plus money to have the club named Odisha So as an owner, what would you do? I mean that's a fairly straight decision. I mean my feelings go to the Delhi Dynamo's fans but that's what the owner owner did. Ulaas, just just one thing to add to what Nishit said. So there are reports that BFC is sought for 30 days uh, to play at the Kandilwa. Now we don't know if that's 30 days at one stretch or if it's 3 days per match day. Because we have 9 home games. So possibly we'll, we want it 2 days prior to the match day and the match day itself. So 
one thing is there is some amount of truth to the newspaper reports but we do not know 100% facts until and unless you know you are someone who is witnessing the case so there is no clarity and we can't we we have to take it at face value but we can't take whatever newspapers report seriously until and unless the club specifically clarifies that yes we will be playing at the kantirwa this year till now there has been radio silence and that's probably because that the hearing is going to come up sometime in october sure hopefully so there will be outcome what i'm hearing from you sharan is that yes there might be a in in given the present circumstances the best case scenario might be that we get to play the isl games there that those 30 days it is a fair assumption 3 days per match uh but afc cup still hangs in suspension fair enough fair enough but okay let me ask you a direct question all three of you uh, just a few months ago we were celebrating a title triumph and we were you four we were talking about uh, you know bangalore being on the map and uh, leading the way as far as football professional football is concerned is this is there a real fear that at some point the owners are going to give up and say you know what this is not worth it like our battles are not even related to football any longer let us up and move to another city like say kadari dynamo city you know that that's absolutely a real fear because uh, if you are uh, when you have put so much in a sport to cultivate uh, fan building takes time then bangalore we had we had so much success in 6 years and still we are far from like an ideal city for the uh football in support we are getting there but even with so much uh, so much victory we are not there so there there is bound to be a frustration with the owner because uh, be it isl i league you are everyone is losing money and when you are losing money and you see that you are not making progress but either you are you have plateaued or you are going down in terms of your long term feasibility it is bound to frustrate uh, anyone who is putting in money Sure, fair enough. But it's very simple. I mean, these are not the battles the team or the staff should be fighting every day. I mean, we should be we should be trying to create different benchmarks like we've already did in this country. Um, getting Kia was a benchmark on a long day. Mm. Playing the AFC final was a benchmark. Mm. You know, playing two playing the league in the first season itself was pretty yeah uh, good. And getting the best players, getting the best training facilities. I mean, mm. I don't think anybody, any other club has has a sports scientist working on the uh, on the players before uh, in the pre in the pre season. I don't think so. Maybe in Delhi Dynamos because they have an aspire partnership and that is like the best. But no other clubs. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But this is a club that is about making benchmarks, and these are not the battles to fight every day. I mean, half of the staff would be working on getting permission to play the match in a city. I mean, that that should be the least of the worries. I I I generally feel for athletes as well because. there is a need for a stadium um, and uh, from what i heard the club offered the best athletes to go and train in delari in the best facility possible in the country but then i understand their problem they don't have to relocate from bangalore and go to in i mean 
if I was an athlete, I would take take it up uh, in a JC, but they don't want to move and they want to be in Bangalore. So I don't know. I don't know what is the question. What is that equation that has everybody happy? I don't know, and I'm not confident that the authorities are capable to deliver that. Sure. Ulaz, actually, to answer your question, uh, mm. is there a real possibility of the club moving for, forward to another city? The way, uh, the, the lack of support uh, clearly indicates that they just might. I mean, why would you want to stay in a city which doesn't provide you the basic infrastructure to actually play football? The only reason why the club is staying back is because of the fans. And I think it's commendable that they have had to take up such a long fight and a pretty difficult one. Just because there are those loyal fans from first season who who deserve this club. Does the city deserve it? We don't know. And I think the the larger point here is that each match day, if we get to play the Kantirwa, we need to treat it as if it's our last. And attendances of 10,000, 12,000 will not cut it anymore. I think the city has to turn up for football matches. We need 20,000 attendances. Goa has full attendances. Uh, Kerala has full attendances. Northeast has full attendances. Why is Bangalore lacking behind? No, it, I, I think that's also a little harsh on the city, Sharan, because we are, we are very different in, uh, if you should take the personality of the city. It's a very different sort of a city. It's, it has, uh, it had its time, right, when the first football is concerned. But now what ESC has been trying to build over the last six years has been pretty much from zero, right? So, uh, it, it's kind of unfair to compare it to a Kerala or a Goa or West Bengal. Has a very where the football has always had a local connect with the community and has had a big influence in general, right? In inventing mm-hmm. culture as well. No, uh, which yeah. hasn't been the case in Bangalore. No, Ulas, my point is that if we need to keep this club in the city, we'll have to up our game as far as attendances are concerned. Because in the following years, if these problems continue, there may not be an incentive. That incentive may be just a diminishing, uh, in, you know, utility. Um, it's it's going to be like, is it worth it for 12,000 people? We've, we've had attendances of 20, 21, 22,000. We just need to be a little more cons- consistent on that. I think even the club expects that. After you've gone to war, literally, to stay at a fortress, we can't reward them with eight, ten thousand 10,000 anymore. It has to be more. And, I mean, speaking about the fans, we've been increasing it year on year. I mean, there is a 2,000, 3,000 uptick every year. But then, I don't know if that is enough, considering how the rates have gone up now. Mm. Uh, in a country where all football clubs are in a loss, the league is at a loss, uh, minus PNL uh, or whatever, uh, Increasing the price is not an option. I mean, that will definitely backfire because we, we've seen it firsthand. Uh, and there is a there is a problem at uh, at BFC at uh, the where fans play. It says West Block and nothing. So if they don't get a West Block ticket, they're like, okay, we might just watch it at home. 
I mean, that is one mindset that we should change. And if whoever is listening to this, it is not about the chant. I mean, I know what the atmosphere is special, but we can create it anywhere. That is yeah. the, that is the, I mean, that is the operating system that we should have. If you are a fan of BSC, you can create that anywhere. You know I the chance, you, you have whatever help you want from the club, from the fans, from anybody. And you can create it anywhere. We not block, uh, East block, the Puma stands, anywhere. Okay, moving on to slightly better news and, you know, slightly lighter mode. Uh, let's talk about how we are shaping up. Now that we know that we'll at least be playing ISL games at the country level, let's talk about how we are approaching the new season. Nishik, I'd like to uh, hear from you how you look at the preparations, the pre-season, given that we've had a cut price uh, pre-season this time, no going to play Barcelona B and all. Instead, we've been playing Minerva Punjab and Gokulam and all in Delari. So, what do you think of the pre-season and... Uh, do you think we're in good shape? Uh, yeah, so regarding pre-season, I think uh, uh, besides uh, not going to Barcelona and everything, every, every club in ISL is cutting down. And I think that is for good uh, because some first cutting has to come from somewhere now that we are in for a long run. And uh, I absolutely favor playing uh, Indian clubs, especially I-League clubs, we don't get to play so this is I I don't mind that. What I think is that we have not played enough. That is I think my bigger problem. But there is also the element of uh, Indian team uh, playing World Cup qualifiers. So there will be a uh, uh, there will be overlap with that India is playing uh, Bangladesh on 15th October and our first match as of now is scheduled on 21st October. So uh, that is a that is a two lesser window. For a start of the game, so in that sense, I am not. That is the kind of window that we have. The club has got for the preparation, but uh, other than that, I think this is this is what we have to work with. Sure, sure. Uh, Raki, do you think we are a little distracted by all the off off pitch conversations and issues, or do you think you no, know, the club has its priorities uh, sorted and we are still sort of quietly but very surely preparing for the next season? Yeah, I think that is the beauty of this club. I think there is, I mean, the players are in Bellari, I mean, we're in Bellari. They will cut off from the whole nonsense that's happening here. There's dedicated staff that is working on only this. So, Carles has got his job sorted. He is there. The players are training well, the best facilities. And we play two, uh, two friendlies, one win, one loss. And uh, five of us, five, six of our boys in the national camp, now they came in uh, So they, I mean, they started pre-season long back. It's only a matter of the foreigners and everybody gelling together. Uh, I think that has happened. And I'm very much excited about the new signings. So that is something that is, we've addressed some of the bigger issues. And so, uh, yes, to hear anything about uh, the new forward manual only. Uh, because he is trying to replace Colossus here. Uh, sure. But otherwise, I think Ashik Kurinian is a statement signing and you're not settling for bits and scraps. He's just going in all out for the longer. And Rasheen Lakastro, who saw that coming? 
Hmm. I don't think he saw that coming. It was it was a proper <laughs> coup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and mm-hmm. some sort of a legend uh, for the na- noisy neighbors. But what a what a signing! Uh, excellent signing. But I think the signing of the season still is uh, not any of the names that you mentioned. And someone, Sharan, is best position to talk about Sharan. How do you feel <laughs> about? That man coming back. अरे उल्लास, you are the one giving verdict. You already said you are playing at Kandirwa. तुम्हें जज होना चाहिए. अरे मेरा बस चले तो मैं ही जज बन जाऊँगा. हाँ वो तो है. But seeing a verdict, I don't think there is any verdict required for Eugene. Okay, so Eugene, yeah, what 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 can you say that has not been already said? That night, I mean, that evening at Eddie's, you could just see the love that he received and. We were hoping that you know the Eugene of three years back is is still there somewhere, and that one start probably to give him confidence. You never know. I mean, uh, it's a lot to ask right now, considering our midfield options. But uh, that fan in there somewhere just wants wants him to you know create that magic once again. So let's just hope for that this season. I'm just waiting for the whole stand to sing "You're My Eugene" and he walking in. And I hope it drinks. That is, but Nishit, uh, there are these two names that have sort of slipped under the radar. But by all accounts, they are super impressive. They are young, they are hungry, and they are highly rated. What are your thoughts on the club bringing in Suresh Pandyam and uh, uh, Prabhu Kanjay? Yeah, uh, so Suresh is definitely a signing for a long term. But I'm really happy about uh, uh, Prabhu Kanjay signing, right? Like. Uh, uh our our relationship with poire has been like uh, on again off again and it has always ended badly wait wait on kab hua on matlab when we have to when we have to accommodate him to go on ho gaya na ha on hua jamshedpur ke liye when we only lost by one so uh, so i think now uh, uh, with uh, gurpreet we have uh, Uh, as a backup, we have Aditya Patra and Prabhuvan Singh. So that is one of the huge reach that has uh, come because of the signing. And by all accounts, Prabhuvan is still playing uh, uh, at national level for uh, youth tournament, and uh, that is a great sign. I don't know much about Suresh. Uh, I have not seen him play, but uh, he comes uh, with a great experience with Indian arrows. So I think again, uh, these two are. Signing for long term, so uh, really great, really happy about it. Sure. And the other young signing, and Rafi briefly touched upon it, was uh, you know Ashik Gurunin. Uh, but with him coming in, uh, it also presents a rather peculiar problem, doesn't it, Rafi? Because now we've got Utanta on the right, who will not be dropped, you know, unless he has a complete loss of form or something. Uh, but On the left hand side, now we have both Sunil Chetri again, uh, yeah. who would think of dropping Chetri, and then you have Ashish right. uh, vying for the same same position. So, do you think there would be a plan to move Sunil Chetri up front, or is it a plan to sort of rotate between Ashish and Sunil, which I don't think is the ideal solution? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Chetri moving into the You know, in the into the whole the number ten role, maybe. But he does in the kind of 
space we have with Ashik and Ananta on the wings. I don't think Ashik is going to start off first. I mean, not sure. Um, maybe he'll be eased into the team. And when we're chasing a game, that is the best option. But uh, I am really a big fan of KP's defensive work and the way he, you know, drops back and wins the ball and does that. I hope Ashik also does the same. So, what is an option? To play Ashik behind K3? Not sure. But I'm sure the coach is something in mind, but I don't mind seeing Ashik, K3 and Udanka uh, with Ono in front. I mean, that will be deadly. I think Ashik can also kind of cramp up the midfield, right? Like, that, that with, with the likes of Eugene, Eric, uh, Rafael Agusto, Dimas, all of them mind for those two positions. Uh, that, that's again a problem. Of course, a good problem to have as someone, some would argue, but it's still a problem because you have really good players. Like Dimash and Agusto are really, really competent players. And then you have three at the back, maybe three, five, two or something, maybe. So, so if you play three at the back, that means Ashik finds a natural slot on the left. Right. Right? Yeah. 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 I think we have to play uh, more like the national team does. That, uh, see, national team currently is playing all three up front, right? Uh, Ashik, Chetri uh, and Uganta. So, if we can get that system going somehow with, uh, I don't know how Anwu will fit in, but I think Chetri will have to drop back a little bit. But uh, I'm not sure. If it is working for national team, it can work for BFC. Bilal, I think it's more on options that we have off the bench. So, we can play a three at the back with Kian Lewis and Ashik on the, as wingbacks. Or we can play a normal 4-4-2 with both of them on the bench coming on with fresh legs. So, it's just options for Alex to to explore. Yeah. And we just hope... Or probably, probably Wanan Saran and Beke or at three. And then the rest with K3 and Ono up front. You know, but all things said, I really hope Keen Lewis has a good season. I think uh, we saw sparks of it early last season and then sort of dropped off. We just hope that there is more consistency with Keen's performances, whether it's a starting goal or that, that's another. That's another interesting point because in all this all this conversation, we are completely forgetting that Keen Lewis is an excellent player. Uh, he could be a great option off the bench, and uh, if he gets two or three good performances under his belt then who knows he could be knocking uh, in, he could be giving competition for the likes of Udanta like and and I agree and, and I seriously want somebody to give competition to Udanta I mean he is the challenge he is the next big thing for the last four years uh, mm. but there are moments when it, it's really off I really yeah. want. I mean, he's a fabulous boy. I mean, we've seen him grow in front of us. I, but the fan in me wants more from Ulanta. Sure, sure, absolutely. That makes sense. And uh, also, if you consider the fact that uh, we have more number of games, it, it helps to have that little competition for places in the team. Uh, but overall, uh, any major regrets, uh, Sharan, as far as the transformation was concerned, some player we should have retained, couldn't retain, some player we retained, we shouldn't have retained, uh, any any misses in the transformation? 
you know that one player that i'm probably going to name right that we kind of missed uh, considering that he is an atk right now and atk has 2700 foreign players <laughs> we got him back is 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 this uh, an option we should have considered sharan that maybe not have retained sharan and gone for jono instead you know this, this situation is very similar to that draft where we picked ralte as number 1 and then suddenly we had gurpreet i think we chose sharan because we knew what we were going to get sure. and then suddenly we see uh, atk going on a shopping festival yeah amazon <laughs> shopping festival came there suddenly <laughs> ഫോർഷ്ഫോർഷ് I think we would have had our OG squad back had Jono come back. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we are a very emotional lot, aren't we? Raki, any regrets for you? Any any misses in the transfer? I mean, uh, I'll go on and on with Niku, but then that I it was always coming. It was always going, Raki. Yeah, so I sort of, you know, came to myself and sort of come to terms with that situation. For me, he is the best foreign player to have ever played in India. I mean, please, uh, listeners, please don't go to now carry on me, please. But, uh, Niko is just Niko. But even at the side, it's hard. I mean, you have to come in, you have to leave. I am still done with it now. I do have uh, one regret, but I am not sure what happened there. Like, uh, for the last two years everybody in the fandom has been really hyped about uh, vidyananda singh right that uh, he he got him on board uh, when he was released by ktn knowing he was injured knowing uh, his injury is real this is going to get so for a long time till we find him we took our time with him uh, gave him a longer run and uh, we released him during this break i'm not sure what happened last i heard he has joined uh, mumbai city fc uh, but i don't yeah, know what happened now, but there was like a uh, it, it, he might be still in a bad form i don't know but uh, that is a uh, like one of the stories of myth talent i guess i i really wouldn't blame the club for that donation because uh, as someone who followed the results very closely last season Uh, I've seen certain players come back from injury and certain players just sort of fade away after they they get injured. I think in the Jays case he somehow couldn't get his form back. Uh, and now if you contrast that with someone like Edmund who was injured not once but twice last season, but every time he came back and now he is almost a regular uh, name in the, as far as the first team is concerned. So uh, no no yeah so my my regret is not with the club that we let him go. I am saying that it is a case of uh, like one of the up and coming uh, talent who was that guy was so talented. So uh, not just for the club, but his general potential for any club or for national team that uh, we would we would never get to see 
so that my regret is not over the transfer but over the realization of potential right so that that and uh, on a general uh, on on an overall note i think it's it's a good transfer window for us and uh, with afc cup coming back it's just a matter of time before sharan kukreja is back in the stand saying perhaps you can attack so so we looking forward to that after rahul ke left field there was a big hole in his heart hopefully prabhu kangel is there to fill that um but uh, is there an obvious weakness in our squad right now at any position that you guys think yes uh, i think the second striker and i'm not very confident about sambhai okay. and i mean i and i genuinely thought we could replace him with somebody else like a manish manish Because, I mean, he's on contract with Goa, but then when he is somebody um, of huge fan of, because he's very strong and he wants to perform at the highest level. So, so I, I think I think the goal scoring burden will be far more distributed this season, un, unlike in the previous seasons where we hope for one striker, one or two players to come and uh, come and chip in with all the goals. Uh, we know that Ashik can score; like he is not he. He isn't. It's slightly different from Udanta in the sense that he fancies himself as a scorer, right? So yes. uh, I think the goal scoring burden will need. It will fall on a lot of players as opposed to just uh, one or two. But uh, moving on from this, uh, there is also a bigger story uh, in Indian football right now, which is uh, amplified after the last game we played against Qatar. um what a big story that was nishit desai and where, how does that position us as we head into more games for the national team it absolutely amazing game uh, no word for it imagine uh, there are there are so many stats that i could recite that in last 8 9 games they scored against all the countries likes of the only countries that stopped preventing them from scoring were argentina and brazil every other country they scored against they won afc uh, afc uh, asian cup defeating uh, uh, heavyweights right so asia heavyweights like south korea and japan and still in absence uh, in presence of them they won uh, asia cup so it is a huge achievement even though uh, it may seem like a 0-0 draw to a casual observer but the people who follow indian football they know it's a big deal and that there was there was a resolve that we saw in uh, everyone uh, especially gurpreet who was uh, who had a captain bend in absence of chetri so imagine getting this result such a huge result in uh, when you expect uh, an upset you get an upset it is because chetri has scored some impossible goal out of nowhere and uh, india managed to scrape a draw or get a win in absence of chetri uh, getting a result like that again the uh, one of the biggest team in asia is such a huge uh, such a huge result and especially at the beginning of the qualifier after we missed out on opportunity against oman where we were leading and ended up losing so i think sure. now we are set for a good run we have a couple of games uh, against bangladesh and afghanistan so this should be used as a as a catch-up point to get those points our last campaign was really disappointing we get we got only one win 
and uh, that against Guam at home. I, I am expecting that against this time against Afghanistan, Bangladesh, we should be getting three points both home and away, and uh, expect some resistance against big teams like uh, Qatar or Oman uh, in the uh, remaining games. So that would, I think, qualify as a good success for uh, 2026 as our uh, EFF leader likes to call that India has a good chance for 2026. So I don't know about that, but at least that would that would mark a good progress from uh, 2015-2019 that we had for EFC and for uh, FIFA. That uh, it's a it's a it's a must. Makes make sense, makes sense. But uh, Sharan, uh, it's, it's great to see the national team do well, but it's always a little bit heater when it is a BFC player who is shining in, in those performances and they've been spoiled rotten a little bit because Chetri has always been there making things happen for the national team. And this once when Chetri was not uh, in the team, it was another BFC player who actually uh, saved us uh, our blushes and in fact uh, gave us something to gloat about which is the pitching Sanders performance right yeah that's correct uh, like if you want to put it in a very you know wannabe way Katal Kaldiyas like next uh, <laughs> you know he, he, was, he was a wall man uh, he, I remember his performances were you know being criticized on social media prior to prior to that game but when he had to step up with the armband the man did so uh, who are you gonna point fingers at now there are there are fans so one thing also I want to miss is that uh, people are, are brushing that result uh, you know uh, saying that oh why are you celebrating a 0-0 do you know where he got that 0-0 considering hmm. the uh, FIFA ranking considering the kind of players considering the size difference yeah. what the like their underwear size is a sock size something like that it is so wow <laughs> yeah you, we've done something really good and I think we need to capitalize on that and every every football fan rather than you know brushing it aside needs to also uh, commend this performance that probably may not come in the near future unless we get some consistency and this is something that drives can I, can I Can I say something? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a special night where even Akash Sharma was a fan of Guru Pritsh Singh Sambhu. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was just, I was just wondering when Rashi is going to bring up Akash. Now that you have brought him up, uh, he and a lot of uh, other Indian team fans have had this complaint uh, against Gurpreet and I think to some extent they are warranted as well. Uh, there has been a seesaw pattern to Gurpreet's performances. We, we heard about this amazing performance against 4.25. Uh, we, we saw this performance against Qatar uh, and at the same time there were, there were times when he looked a little underwhelming like Delhi Dynamo's away last season. Uh, how how do you think uh, what what is the next step forward in terms of Gurpreet's progression as a player? He is almost assured that uh, to be the number one uh, goalkeeper for the national team. At this point, he is also the number one goalkeeper for BFC. But then, uh, where where is 
what should he do to take his game a little a notch above and how does prabhupan gill's presence in the bsc camp impact that i think it's uh, about consistency the the criticism of uh uh, uh would come to a better very that he has a he has phases where he uh, blanks out and makes some silly mistakes if he really wants to uh, be uh, he wants to take his game to the next level he he might be best in india but as you know that doesn't really mean anything uh, there is a lot of scope uh, ahead of him so i think he needs to get the level of consistency that is sometimes missing maybe one in four games one in five games but that is where he needs to go from here Yes. And coming back to that, uh, I agree with a lot of things Akhil said. And uh, one guy where I mean, he truly cares for the ending uh, game. Uh, agree with him 100 percent. Kripal needs to be consistent, and he needs to produce this ghost mode, god level uh, performances day in day out. I mean, that's one thing that he should chase because I don't think there's competition now. And what a what a uh, future ahead for Prasut can be non-sustainable layout. I mean, he is next to Gurpreet who is like hitting it right moment. And if Gurpreet keeps this kind of chance that a foreign club might come and uh, then suddenly uh, the responsibility falls on Prasut can so I mean, and he's got these offers before and I'm sure we are not that club who will deny it if such an offer comes. Perfect. So on that note, we are wrapping up this episode. We've spoken a lot. That kind of tells me how much we miss being on this podcast. And uh, we promise you, we'll bring you another episode, and you won't have to wait as long as an ISL uh, off-season lasts. Uh, but we'll be back soon. But in the meanwhile, keep uh, writing in or tweeting to us and give us your feedback if there's something that you'd like us to cover in the next episode. Till then, it's bye from all of us.